What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of AT Birds Weekly Report. Uh, a little bit later than our normally scheduled time, uh, but we are here. We're going to talk some birds. Training camp is only a week, well, less than a week away. They report on the 26th, so less than a week away. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. So um, I'm joined by my one and only uh, Mike Bauer. Uh, how are you doing, Mike? I'm good. How are you tonight? Not too bad. Uh, ready to talk some birds, uh, get into a little bit. Uh, with training camp coming up. Yeah, me too. So the one thing I want to start off with, we'll kind of get this out of the way before we start talking into uh, training camp. So the title of the show is Jesse Bates to Philly question mark. So there's been a lot of chatter. Uh, he doesn't want to play on the franchise tag. Uh, so you have that. Now, unfortunately, that's all he can play on right now, um, depending just because the deadline to sign an extension has ran up, uh, ran out. So he can only play on that. I believe it's like $12.9 million is his oh, franchise. It's, it's got to be rough, man. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Um, but your, your prayers up for Jesse Bates. I, know, I don't know how he's going to be here. <clears throat> but the reason I bring it up is we've talked about safety position. I know CBS Sports put out a you know, the top 10 teams and they kind of, you know, the, the guy who ever put it together, uh, put it together for who he thinks basically can be, can land him or whatever. And he had the Eagles number one. So of course I think my opinion on it, uh, he did it to spark conversation because anytime you put the Eagles top one, two or three, it's going to spark a lot of conversation around, uh, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, which it did. And with that, I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, you know, the Bengals don't trade players, disgruntled players. They don't do that. Um, they've never done that. All the way back to Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer had to retire to get basically his way and get out and go to Oakland before he ended up in uh, Arizona. So uh, I don't see Jesse Bates doing that, but what are your thoughts on Jesse Bates? I don't know how it's going to happen. <clears throat> They have $9 million in cap space. Gators checking in. How you doing? Um, according to over the cap. And that is less than $12.5 last I checked. So they'd have to make some things work. Yeah, I don't get this. If you're the Bengals, you would want to re-sign a key piece to a defense that just took you to a Super Bowl. You know, you, yeah. they, they almost won. They could have won that game. Don't you want to get better instead of worse? And it, and and it's not like he's 28, 29 years old. He's 25 years old, I believe. So yeah, he's in the prime of his career. So it's not like it's this. Hey, you know he's he's he hit his peak. He's starting to you know hit that late 20s, early 30s. It, it's it's not like that. So for me, it's you know the the talk always comes about what are you going to trade for. What do you have to give up to get a player of this caliber? Because if you were to trade for him, you're not able to sign him to an extension until the after the season. So he plays on that one year, and that's all he plays on. And you got to give up assets for him. It's a big risk. They've done it before. Guys like Dante Stallworth, I think they traded for, did they not? Uh, They did Um, trade for Dante Stallworth, and then he never played here again. So it's it's a super super high risk. You know, this could end up being a high risk, low reward situation where let's say they give up a bunch of assets. He comes in, he hurts himself game one. Mm-hmm. 
he could actually never really play for this team if you think about it. So I would have felt more comfortable with this had they traded for him previously and then maybe did a sign an extension or trade an extension. But yeah, what are you going to give up for the guy? Does he want to play here? Yeah, that's, you know, that that's the big thing is basically what you have to give up. And, you know, I know people threw out, uh, Andre Dillard and Rager and all this stuff, but I just I don't see. I don't something like that. Um, but do they? Does anybody want Jalen Rager? Are you gonna Are you gonna trade right away? Now, I don't think so. Are you gonna trade away one of the better safeties in the league for Jalen Rager? It has to be a move for them to make sense. They don't mm-hmm. need Jalen Rager in Cincinnati. You have T Higgins. You have oh, uh, you're right, Mar Chase. You have Tyler Boyd. It's a really good starting three right there. Who's he gonna replace? Outen Tate. Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Or I think Auden Tate's actually in uh, uh, Atlanta now, if I remember correctly. But still, it doesn't make any sense. Maybe they need the tackle help, but didn't they bolster their line a little bit? I don't know. I don't follow the Bengals all that closely, aside from their fantasy assets. They did bolster the line. They 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 went right. out and they got, they got Lyle Collins uh, right there, bolstered the line there. They got, um, uh, they, I think they got a player from Tampa. If I, let me go up and bring up their depth chart real quick. Uh, but no, they they went and they ad- they addressed the needs that they need to on the offensive line uh, because that was so talked about and they were able to do that. But then, like you said, this is a player, a franchise type of a player that is young, and you can have him here for years. Alex Kappa, that's the name, and also they got Ted Karras from New England. So they did upgrade their offensive line with three key players on the right side there: uh, center, right guard, and right tackle. So um, they did go ahead and do that, and they. You know, they were I'm able just, to, able to, you know, look at it here. I don't know. Sorry. I keep talking over you, but I don't no, know who ahead. they would trade. I don't, I'm just looking at it. Like, I don't know who they could trade to Cincinnati. That would make sense. I don't see any players. The only thing I could see is future draft compensation, but you need to hang on to those picks in case you find out this year that Jalen hurts is not the guy you want as much draft capital going in, be it, you move for a different quarterback or you draft one. So I don't know if this trade really makes sense, to be honest with you. Would I love to see it happen? Yeah. But I'm just looking at the roster, and I don't see any spots that the Cincinnati Bengals need that we have that we're willing to give up. What are you going to do? You going to f- trade Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargraves for this guy? Like, Well, there was a – there was a. Uh, uh, I'm not going to name any names, but – a radio host that likes to stir the pot did mention about adding a Javon Hargrave in a draft selection for Jesse Bates because Hargrave's cap number is 12 uh, million or so. Um, Got a huge hole then to fill. Exactly. You know, you, you trade Javon Hargrave um, 4 million, 4.8 million in dead money, 13 million cap save cap saving. So basically it's just, one for one swap there basically with uh, uh money because yeah for me it's okay whatever i i just i think that's a little stirring the pot because i feel you want to clear up some I and mean, you you mentioned 9.1 million dollars uh they can get more money if they sign javon hargrave to an extension uh they are able to clear up about i think eight almost nine million dollars there so there's ways for them to kind of uh get around that but well, here's Again. here's something frustrating there. Just so you know, I'm looking at dead money that they have to pay out this year. <laughs> they owe Fletcher Cox 12 million, 12.8 mil. 
They're paying nine million dollars this year to Malik Jackson. Yeah, five point nine million to Brandon Brooks, which I'm okay with paying him that. The dude did a lot here. Alshon Jeffrey gets five point four million. Um, Joe Flacco gets almost two million dollars in dead money. Eric Wilson one point three million dollars. Ryan Kerrigan one point one four million dollars. I know you love that. My God. (laughs) Like, so, you know, here's the thing. Everybody thinks that Harry Roseman is a genius, but like this, there's some big dead money that this team is paying out this year. I actually thought that some of Carson Wentz's dead money went into this season. Nope. But it looks like it was all last year. So they total $55.22 million in dead cap money this year. Absolutely crazy. So yuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things too. What if they're like, well, we'll give you this guy, but what do you what do you feel about Darius Slay? You know, in terms of them like taking them, like you yeah. you're talking about like if they're like, oh, we could have I mean, I don't know what their cornerback situation's like. I just don't think it makes sense player wise. It's gotta be all draft capital. Like, you know, they're set at quarterback, they're set at running back, they're set at wide receiver. Yeah. You know, they did just sign Hayden Hurst, but we're not going to trade Dallas Goddard anyway. No. Um, I don't see it happening, to be honest with you. And didn't they just sign that uh, Lequiski or how do you? Lequiski Tart, they signed. Yeah. He's a safety, right? Yeah. The the other thing with it is. He's 30. So he's not dead yet. Yeah. And, you know, Anthony Harris signed a one-year deal. They can get out of that contract. There's not a lot of guaranteed money you can actually get some cap savings by releasing him but I'm not saying they're gonna do that but if he's available and he's willing you know to come here and you're able to not give up that much i would think about it um i absolutely would think about it that would bolster your secondary having you know a player his caliber going with you know a player to me who's on the rise marcus epps uh, i mentioned him last year i've mentioned him multiple times uh, i think you're in a little bit of agreement with me that you know he played a lot better from yeah. you know his 2020 season to his 2021 season, he got progressively better. So, and he's not old; he's young too. I believe he's 25, 26 years old as well. So, let's see where Epps is. He's you know he's not an old player. Um, so, another an, another guy that you can build with in in the secondary with this defense. So, yeah, he's 26. Uh, 26. Okay. So yeah, he's not, uh, he's not in later, late twenties, not in his thirties. So uh, to me, it's just something that keep an eye on uh, cause there's chatter, but what's going to ultimately happen is what is he going to do? Because I, I don't see a situation. Um, you know, I talked to somebody and they, they don't think a situation uh, along the lines of what Josh Norman and the Carolina Panthers had happen. Um, actually, the Eagles did it too with Jeremiah Trotter back in 2002 where they take the tag off of the player. Should have never done they, that. Yeah, I know. I agree. Uh, take the tag off of the player and they become an un- unrestricted free agent. I just don't see Cincinnati doing that because then they lose everything and they don't they don't get any compensation. He signs somewhere else, can sign for as much as he wants, as many years as he wants, and they don't get anything. They got, they get nothing for him. So it's one thing to think about too. There's always that surprise cut in training camps. Yeah. You Which know, we may, we, we, we may bring up a uh, surprise Eagle. We may think, I mean, look, Bradbury got cut Yeah, and he ended up here. So we could have something similar. I'm not saying it's going to be Bates, but 
you know, worst case scenario, if we go into the season with Harris and Epps, I mean, it's not great, but hey, who knows? Maybe Kayvon Wallace actually shows whether he could play or not. Yeah. And we, we all had high hopes for Kayvon Wallace. I think, I think a lot of it, um, a lot of the spark of the conversation when the Eagles, uh, they released Craig James, a friend of the show. So uh, he did actually sign with the Jets. So he did uh, bounce right back on another roster, which is great to see. But they release him, and then now their roster is one spot short. And then you hear all this Jesse Bates talk and everything. So it's, I think that a lot of, a lot of that kind of lined up uh, with all the chatter and all the talk. And then you know the CBS thing comes out with him being in the top of the, you know top of the list. They have the Eagles as the fit uh, up there. Um, it's so. just. This is that time of the year where we're looking know, for something to talk about, right? The general manager takes a dump and they're like, well, that means this. And it's like, all right, guys, let's, uh, let's calm it down a little bit. Let's wait and see what happens here. You know what I mean? No, you're right. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. But what we are here tonight for is training camp preview. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to now unfortunately training camp is not at lehigh which was great when it was back in the day but um you know training camps six days away they report and i think practice start a week a week so um it's going to be fun it's going to be interesting you're going to hear all the the notes you're going to see everything and um what are you most looking forward to you know in terms of you know you can even say training camp and the scrimmages because they have a couple scrimmages as well so um, first of all, training camp not being at Lehigh, you get another thing that Chip Kelly ruined for us. That's um, true. Thanks a lot, Dick. <laughs> but you know, I'm looking at it, and I was when we, you had uh, brought this up that this was the topic. I'm like, you're talking training camp battles. This is the first time in a long time where I feel like the roster is pretty set. There's not a lot of big question marks like who's going to play here, who's going to play there. Mm-hmm. So I just brought up the depth chart. We know right now what the safeties look like. We we're talking about that. There's still some questions that I think my only questions really are, is TJ Edwards going to beat out Nakobe Dean for the starting middle linebacker spot? I, right now he has the edge. He's the vet. Yeah. I'm curious how the defensive line is going to look as far as what ends are starting. Like, or is that going to be a week by week thing? Is it Josh Sweat? Is it Derek Barnett? Is it Brandon Graham? Do they sprinkle some Milton Williams in there? I guess my only big glaring question is who is the starting right guard that's really, a good question really because... the only question i have and uh what do our backup receivers look like we know who the big three is aj brown devonta smith and quez watkins it's what they do after that yeah but that's i think you gotta throw you. pascal in there too um, yeah pascal's gonna play he's not gonna just be warming the bench Another question I have is, are they going to keep trying to shove Jalen Rager down our throats again? Uh, well, he may he may be the uh, the punt returner. Um, um, let's see. He uh, is the punt returner. Yes. Yeah, so there you go. Rager gets but again, tough. one of our sleepers may uh, be a player that may you know unseat him at the return specialist category. But, you know, it's just I, – I don't know. You know, Gator has a question here. Uh, do you think it'll benefit Dean to sit and not start right away? I, To me, I think T.J. Edwards wins the job ultimately to come out of camp into the start of the so. season. And I think his rep – I won't say his reps go down, but I think Dean's – I think Dean starts to kind of um, 
move up a little bit. And then by mid season, I feel Dean's going to get um, a lot of play uh, just, you know, learning everything like that. We still also don't know what this defense is going to look like. We don't. And that's another thing that's, you know, we, we want to, that's why we want training camp to happen. We want to know what this defense is going to look like. We want to know what kind of schemes they are going to run, what kind of fronts they're going to run, what they're going to do. Yeah. It's going to help us because, you know, I was looking at the roster and one concern that I do have is what happens if a Derek Barnett or a Brandon Graham gets hurt. Say Brandon Graham gets hurt again. He's not the same player. And it's just, if you look at the defensive ends, I know they got Hassan Reddick, um, Tron Jackson. We don't really know who he is. What do they do? Is Milton Williams going to get a lot more play on the outside, you know, defensive end? I mean, I like Milton Williams, but I just, I feel like, I feel like they like to move him around so much. And make him a chess piece all over the place instead of just saying you play here, you know. I feel like maybe this year we are going to see the multiple fronts that we were promised last year that we saw in training camp, but we never saw that. You know, I was thinking about it too. We had 29 sacks last year, something yeah. like that, among the lowest in the NFL. Do you remember uh Gannon saying it's not just about sacks, it's about pressure? Mm-hmm. You remember that. Then tell me why there weren't more three and outs. Tell me why there weren't more turnovers because pressure creates those things. Tell me why yeah. Justin Herbert was completing uh, 80% of his passes against us. So now Gannon has another year installing his scheme and his system. He's got some of his guys in here. I want to see what this defense looks like. I mean, I know everybody is really focused on, you know, got AJ Brown, another year Jalen Hurts developing. For me, I want to see what the defense looks like because even last year with much worse wide receiver play and a younger quarterback, this was still a competitive team. They could have won more games. They hung in there, but the defense failed them a lot, especially in the playoffs. No, you're right. And I think that's one of the biggest question marks because, you know, with the offense getting A.J. Brown, you know, hopefully Miles Sanders takes that next step. You know, Dallas Goddard, Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, you know, Jalen Rager. To me, it's just the offense, we kind of have an idea of what they're going to be doing. Um, I know they want to throw a little bit more with A.J. Brown and everything. We kind of have an idea, though. The defense, adding in all these pieces, these new pieces, these new players, um, It to me, it's that's the biggest thing, what we want to see, because we need to know. We want to know what they're going to be. Uh, be able to do on that side of the ball because Gannon's talk was talked so highly before he was hired um, or when he was hired going into last season. And we want to see an explosive defense. We, we, we want to see a defense that we're used to. I guess you can say that um, to, to me, it's uh, looking at this, you know, one thing that I'm, you know, comfortable with. And I can't really say that years prior is what would be the secondary, especially the corners. Yeah. When you could put Bradbury Slay and Devontae Maddox as your top three guys, you know, it's, and it, it, and that's great because now the cornerback four or five, however many cornerbacks sit, if you keep six, whatever that may be, these younger guys don't have to be pressured in to play meaningful snaps like a Michael Jaquette had to 
like these other guys, you know, Channon Sullivan when he was here and, you know, Trey Sullivan at safety and all these other guys that had to be thrust into action and play when they really weren't ready. Um, you hopefully aren't going to have to see that. They can kind of sit on the sideline. They can learn. They can you know, mold their game, get better. Uh, that's one thing that I'm comfortable, and I haven't said that in probably since, you know, I, I can't even say. Well, I guess when they got Darby and they had Darby and Mills, I guess I was somewhat comfortable because they still had Malcolm and Rodney. So I probably yeah. stayed back. In- Were we? Because if I remember correctly, Jaylen I Mills like Jalen Mills, so for me it was – so I probably was more comfortable than wasn't you supposed to start. I had reservations, seventh-round pick. You know what I mean? I forget Patrick who Robinson was, was supposed to start on the outside, but he yeah. was bad in training camp and almost got cut, and they moved him to the inside. Good thing he didn't, though, I could tell you that. Yes. Um, but I – and then uh, if I remember correctly, Ronald Darby did not start the season. He didn't play till later on. He got hurt. He got hurt, I think, the first game against Washington, dislocated his elbow or something along the lines of that. So, and then yeah. he was out for a good chunk of the season. But yeah, it's nice to feel good about the secondary. It's nice to feel good about the wide receivers for once too. Like when was the last time we could say, man, we have an elite group of wide receivers here. And, and linebackers. We've talked about it. (laughs) You know, the thing is this, this team is really built like a typical Philadelphia Eagles team though, from the trenches out. Oh, no doubt. The lines are solid. There's really, there's question marks at the defensive tackle position, defensive end. Mm -hmm. We still think they're going to be solid. The only big glaring position, though, is that right guard. Right now, Isaac Sayamalu is penciled in as a starter, and I think it's his job to lose. But I, if, I agree, too. But It could be he, Driscoll. I like Driscoll. I do, too. And, and the thing with Driscoll is, if he beats out Sayamalu, uh, you know, I'll save that. Well, you know, let, let's get into uh, a couple of things, because this is going to lead into my point. So I'm going to say it now, and then I'll get have you, you know, have yours. A surprise player that could be cut slash traded. I'm going to go with Sam Malo here because if he loses that right guard job, I don't think that they're going to be keeping a guy um, along the lines making five million dollars as a backup when they could get rid of him, trade him, or cut him and save themselves, you know, a good chunk of money to put towards the cap to probably roll over into next year. So uh, for me, that would be a player that I could see them. Uh, getting rid of if he doesn't get that right guard starting spot. For me, it wouldn't be a surprise trade, but it would be a surprise cut if it was Andre Dillard. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. They might decide that the cap hits just too much. I don't know what his dead cap would be if they cut him. I'd have to look into that. But I mean, they've tried to trade the guy what all last season. We all thought it was going to happen yeah. draft day or draft weekend, and it didn't. So he's still here, and I got to be honest with you, you know, Jack Driscoll, we talked about him a little bit ago. He's a guy that could play pretty much every position on the offensive line. I feel just as confident with him at left tackle that I do at as uh, Andre Dillard. And Jack Driscoll is cheaper, and he's much more versatile. Now, I'm not saying he's better, but he is more versatile. And when it comes to your swing backups, you need versatility. They do also have LaRaven Clark. Yeah. He's played tackle in the league. It's cheaper. I think he's a little bit older, but um, still. But he, but he could play right or left tackle, or he can even play guard if if need be. But right. he's your swing tackle. So wouldn't you rather have LaRaven Clark than Andre Dillard? 
Because theoretically, so right now, Andre Dillard is is the backup left tackle, and Jack Driscoll is the backup right tackle. That's the way that they have it listed. Yeah, you could have Laraven Clark in both of those tackle positions, and theoretically, Jack Driscoll could be your backup for either guard spot. Yeah. Or I don't. He played center. Well, he's not going to be the backup center. That's going to be Cam Jurgens. Be Jurgens, um, yeah. But I think didn't he play center? Was it the last game of the year? Was that him or was that Jack Anderson? Jack Anderson, my bad. My bad. I think he got hurt last year at the end of the uh, last game because they like him a lot. And, you know, you bring it up, you know, Dillard also uh, to keep an eye on is other teams around the league. If they lose a starting left, well, a right tackle, I guess Dillard can try and play that again. But uh, oh, a, star- a starting offensive tackle, if somebody loses one of their starting offensive tackles, don't be surprised if they give the Eagles the call for Dillard and possibly be able to rid him that way and trade him and maybe recoup a, a mid-round pick. Uh, but why? Jason Peters is in shape. Oh God. He's ready to go. Are you really I, I kind of set you up for that. Uh, no, I do not want any parts of Jason Peters here. I'm sorry. I love what he did here. I yes, He's an Eagles Hall of Famer. He's an NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, he's he, – was tremendous in his years in Philadelphia. Right off into the sunset, JP. But yes. Joy it's, retirement. Yes. There's no more time here, unfortunately, unless you want to come back and be a coach when you retire. Uh, otherwise, I'm sorry, but no. But you look at the other the other uh, players on this depth chart for the offensive line, and you have Cam Jurgens at backup center. You have Jack Driscoll. We talked about LaRaven Clark. And then after that, you have Jack Anderson, Sua Opeta, who's who's still here. They like uh, him. Ke- I I do too. Uh, Coyote Awasika, who they like a lot. Uh, undrafted free agent out of Buffalo last year. And they have a couple undrafted guys. Josh Sills, they gave a lot of uh, money to. Brett Toth, I know he tore his ACL at the end of the Dallas game. I believe him and Jack Anderson both got hurt in that game. So uh, they'll probably so. start the season on the pup list most likely. But um, – you know that the, the offensive line isn't super super deep, but I think it has enough depth that they're not. You know, someone goes down, they should be able to be okay with the players that they have. But um, I, it stings missing Herbig a little bit. It, it does. It does. Don't don't. I agree with you. Good football here, to be honest with you. But hey, look, he's got it. I think he signed with the Jets. Did he not? I believe so, yeah. So bad. How you doing, Adam? Does he have a chance to earn a starting job there? Do you know? Um, let me take a look. Cause I know I know the Jets did get rid of a, a couple guys on the offensive line uh, because or not resign. In my opinion, you know, if if you're even if you're making a little less, but you got a chance to start, maybe you get some more bonuses and, and all that good so, stuff. Then you looks go. Like the Jets have now, Makai Becton at right tackle. Who knows the situation there? I know he gained a lot of weight. And, yeah, you know, well, he's not going to beat out Makai Becton. I can tell you that. No, no, no. At right tackle, no. But Elijah Vera Tucker is the right guard. Lakin Tomlinson, who they signed from San Francisco, is the left guard. He's the backup guard. So okay. uh, he has the, the, the backup position there. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it, it's it was sad to see him go. Uh, but – you know, maybe the Eagles think that the players like the Josh Sills, the Coyote Iwasikas, Suo Pettas, Jack Andersons, those guys can fill in and play admirable and play the same level as Nate Herbig did. So, 
and, and, and cost, it cost a lot that. less, cost about $1.6 million less. So I could see Sue Opeta being that guy. Yeah, he's he's been in the system for a number of years, so it's not like he's he's new here. He's he's been in some games. 2019. Um, yeah, and he's he's played how many games? Um, that it does not say. I'm on our lads, and it just says activated, but activated could that doesn't mean that he played. I can look up here. Sue Opeta has played. He has started four games for the Eagles, two in 20 and two last year. So yeah, he, you know, I'm he had a little bit. One of, of those was the Dallas game at the end of the year. A little bit of runtime. Uh, so uh, going into, you know, talking about the training camp and everything, some sleepers. Who do you, you know, you could name one, you know, a couple guys. Uh, I have a couple guys in, in my head. Um, we'll go back and forth. Who do you feel as you know one sleeper that you're, you know, you. You want to watch. You want to see maybe uh, cars out of roll on this roster. All right. So look, this is going to oh, not sound like go. a sleeper, okay? But you guys, daughter. daughter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> when he's in the Hall of Fame, I'll put him on my list. Um, oh, if he gets in the Hall of Fame, we're going to have a show. Just you know, Chip will be uh, in the. Oh, it'll be like a roast. There we go, a roast. So you guys know that I do a lot of fantasy football stuff and everybody is really, really down on Miles Sanders right now. And I know it sounds stupid to have him as a sleeper. And I'm not just saying for fantasy purposes either. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a fantastic season. The guy averages over five yards carry for his career, which is fantastic. Let's look at the depth chart behind Miles Sanders. Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell is a fine player. He's not a starting running back in the NFL. Boston Scott, same thing. I love Boston Scott, not a stutter. Jason Huntley, and then they signed Kennedy Brooks. Who Kennedy Brooks, he's a strong running back. Reminds me a little bit of Jordan Howard um, in the way he runs. But really, there's no competition here. And I think people are just overlooking Miles Sanders. You know what I mean? I know it sounds like a stupid thing I, to have a sleep. Right. Don't sleep on Miles, man. Has he gotten hurt? Yeah, he's a running back. That's what they do. Running backs get hurt they take a beating i think he's gonna have a fantastic year i think he runs for over a thousand yards um i don't think they're gonna run like they did last year but i think it's still going to be you know it's not going to be like a 70 30 split like that but and you know adam i, th I think what we're really looking forward to is football kind of coming back into our lives i think that's i want to see the defense yeah i really want to see the defense that's my biggest question mark yeah, we talked about that. You know, look at the defensive side of the ball. You know, you talked about Miles Sanders as your sleeper. Uh, a, a player that I'm going to say is going to be a sleeper here, and I'm going to say it only because I think he's not going to be able. He's not going to be thrown into it like I just said. But Tay Gowan, you like Tay Gowan. I do like Tay Gowan. You like Tay Gowan uh, since the day they got him in that trade. Exactly. You were like and the only person excited. You're like, yes, we got Tay Gowan. You know, I I liked him in college. And, you know, he sat out for a COVID year and then was drafted late and didn't really catch on. And I, I like his length. I just think that, you know, him being able to sit behind guys like Bradbury and Darius Slay and to be able to learn behind those guys, I feel like it's it's beneficial for him. And also, if he winds up, 
you know, showing out and being a quality player and a good player, then it's another thing that I can roast Chip on because he hated that trade because he hated getting rid of Zacherts. So it's another feather in the cap, hopefully. Probably not because all the players who are on like the bottom end uh, usually don't pan out that I like. But again, I can keep throwing darts at the dartboard. Hopefully one sticks. But I I, I like Tay Gowan. I feel like um, he's a player that is still young, developing, a developmental prospect. Uh, I think uh, I want to see a lot of, of him come this, you know, and you're, you're going to see a lot come the preseason and, and everything. So again, that's another reason I like preseason games is because I like seeing these, these guys get some opportunity to play. Um, it may be boring to some, but oh, I love them. I love preseason games, man. They're, they're almost as fun as a regular season game for me, just because you get to see the guys that you don't normally get to see. Um, here's another one. He was playing well last year before he got hurt. That's Davion Taylor. Right now he's wanted to be the backup weak side linebacker. Kaiser White is only on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what if Kaiser White is a surprise cut? You know, we've seen guys not really acclimate well to a new system. It could happen. Do I want to see it happen? No, he's a local guy, more local to you than me. Um, but, you know, Davion Taylor was a third-round draft pick. I know they don't want to just give up on the guy. And I like Davion Taylor. He's fast. Remember um, 2020 when he chased down Lamar Jackson? Yes. Everyone's like, oh, it's not that impressive. No. Well, then you know what? You go, to, you go chase down Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Let's see you do it. Because I can't. I'm not going to run down Lamar Jackson. I thought, you know, he, he came up to the line. He stopped and he had to shift and run. He's a fast mm-hmm. dude. Uh, exactly. And, and. Again, like I said with the corners, he's not going to be thrust in the you – know, I like that word, thrust. You use that a little too much today. Um, he's going to be thrown into the action right away. And I don't think you're going to have that. He's going to be able to because when he came out of Colorado, of course, we've talked about it. He was overdrafted. Um, and, sure. you know, he gets time to sit behind these other – you know, Kaiser White's there, TJ Edwards, Nicobe Dean, the young uh, – should have been first round draft pick, but wasn't. Um, he's there too. So it's you're you're looking at this depth chart, and he's not a guy that you're going to be focused on. He needs to perform. He needs to be um, this really really talented, really good linebacker right away. And go 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 go. And uh, you're going to be able to see him kind of kind of learn still and still kind of because he was hurt last year. Unfortunately, that's the one thing with him is hopefully he can stay healthy. And that's big for him. And, you know, another guy that I have, um, I kind of have two guys on the defensive side of the ball, but I'm going to go with this guy, is Kyron Johnson. I want to see what what he brings to this defense. Because if he's in the mold of kind of what they're going to be doing with Hassan Reddick, you know, watch him at the Senior Bowl. I like what he does. I like his motor. He's absolutely um, quick and just – I don't know. Just, just watching him, it just has so much energy, and I just feel like he fits. I did too. They got him late. They did out of Kansas. They got him really late. I think six the sixth, round? sixth round draft draft selection. Yeah, sixth round. Yeah, like that's where you take chances on guys like this. Like you take chances on guys like this on a Quez Watkins type guy. And you know what? If they work out, you got to steal. If not, oh well, it was a sixth round. Mylotta. Jalen Mills, the seventh round guys. You Man, know. Jordan Mailata was probably one of the best seventh round draft picks of all time. That draft. 
for this was team. one of the best drafts that we'll see in time uh, a couple years down the road. But that draft is almost like back in 2002 when they went uh, Lito Shepard, Michael Lewis, Sheldon Brown, Brian Westbrook. You know what? Michael Lewis was a guy that was always overlooked because playing in a secondary with Shepard Brown, Dawkins, he was just like the remember when those three guys made the Pro Bowl the one year and Michael Lewis didn't and he shouldn't have or he should have. Michael Lewis was a really, really solid football player. He played well for the 49ers, too. I believe that's where he went after. That's where he went after because then I believe Quentin Michael was the starting safety. Which Quentin Michael, another undrafted free agent out of Boise State. Solid, solid player. Like just nothing flashy, but just a good instinctive play. He could hit too. Mm -hmm. Quinn Michael could hit. You know, a couple things that we've talked about. You look at the roster and people complain about the roster. Not every single player is going to be a superstar. It doesn't does not happen. And I think it it's it's come up last year and everything because of we're talking about Marcus Epps and people saying Marcus Epps isn't that good, all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, if a player plays their role to what they need to do and to do it the best of their ability and to be able to be a successful player, they don't have to be an all-pro or a pro bowler. They can still be a successful player um, and be able to you know, make an impact. And, and that's huge. And uh, Peanut has a question here. Hi, Peanut. Good old Peanut. Uh, who takes the biggest step backwards this year? This is a good question. <sighs> This you know, got you a little stumped, does it? That, that is that question because of scheme changes, or is that question because of? I mean, we could see. Are we talking about from a skill wise? Because we could honestly say, if it's just depreciating skills, it could be Fletcher Cox. If we're talking about a lack of opportunity because of other pieces getting better around him, it could be Devonta Smith, because AJ Brown is there. So. That's that's really hard to say. I mean, we obviously hope the answer is nobody. Yeah. We want. You know, we got to think about it too. Darius Slay's getting older as well. He's another candidate for a guy that could take a step backwards. But the good thing is a step backwards Darius Slay is still better than a lot of the other cornerbacks out there. So that's one thing to consider. Yeah, you know, it's – I don't know, step backward. I'm, unfortunately, the name that popped into my head – you know, it maybe it's another step backwards. Is Anthony Harris? Um, you know what? I I want to give Anthony Harris the benefit of the doubt. Anthony Harris was banged up a lot last year. He's a solid enough player. And let's not forget, you know, everybody's so fixated on starting. Starting means you're out there for the first play of the game. Yeah, exactly. So you could start the game and play one snap. But do you think having Jaquiski Tart there to kind of maybe spell? A little bit, and I love to be it. able to kind of split that up because that that may that may help him, and he doesn't take a, a step backwards. Um, hopefully, he doesn't. Hopefully, I'm wrong. And um, you know, you you want to see these guys excel and and you know succeed because this is our team. So we want to be able to see them uh, fulfill the their highest level and to be able to uh, compete. But another guy that, well, just before you move on. You know, I understand people were really mad when they resigned Anthony Harris. Did you want him to bring Rodney McLeod back? You Rodney know what I mean? I think a year older, I believe. At least Anthony Harris still has his legs. 
Yeah. McLeod had a bunch of ACL tears. You know what I mean? Like he Harris had those thumb injuries, and I think he had something else going on, but he still got his legs, and that's really right. important. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, he had those two casts. So yeah. sorry, you that. you were gonna say no, but a player that I think is gonna I wouldn't say surprise, but like someone that's gonna maybe live up a little bit to the potential we thought is Derek Barnett. I know he gets a bad rap, but year six breakout coming up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> you know, last year I was right. I said, Greg Ward was going to have more touchdowns than Jalen Rager. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe Derek Barnett has more sacks than Brandon Graham. I don't know, but uh, it's, it's possible. I mean, look, I know Brandon Graham's a high motor guy. Everybody he looks loves good though. Him. In videos, he's posting stuff of his rehab. He looks, you know, for someone coming back from yeah. at the age he's at coming back, um, you know, it's, it's great to see. I, I love his energy. Um, you know, he's he's really overcome so much in this city. Uh, everyone yeah, thinking he was a bust and then coming out making the one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl and being a part of that team, being a part of, you know, this city. And he's, you know, Eagles lore. It, he's an Eagles Hall of Famer, no For doubt. Sure. No, I like Brandon Graham. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that. I'll tell you what. That um, that defensive end spot's going to be something. How many, did he have any sacks last year? Let's see. fun. He did not have any sacks last year. Who's that? Brandon Graham. He only played a game and a half. He played. Yeah. Because he got hurt, and I believe it was the wasn't it the first half against San Francisco. I so. mean. The year before that, he's coming off an eight-sack season. Yeah. So it's not like – And he's great against the run. And I think they they missed that, you know. For sure. And mm. Derek Bennett had two sacks last year. Mm. I mean, he started 15 games and he had two sacks. Like, yeah. Maybe, Peanut, maybe Derek Barnett was the guy that already took the step back. Not that he ever yeah, took a and, step forward. His high was six and a half sacks in 2019. And if he doesn't play very well this year, he's not going to be back next year because the way his contract is structured. And you know, it's it's going to be fun. Um, the next couple of weeks, you know, wrapping this up. You know, football's back. Oh, and I missed it. I know it's fun. It's going to have a lot to talk about. You know, practice is starting up. There's going to be news, so it it's going to be an enjoyable time here uh, at you know all about the birds. We're going to be here. We're going to be talking to Eagles. Uh, don't miss it. We have a lot of news scheduled to drop. We have some announcements to make, um, so definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Make sure you're subscribing to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on all the platforms on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube. Subscribe. Um, Spotify, Apple, all those the podcast platforms. Just make sure you're subscribing and hitting that notification tab just so when we're live, you can tune in. Um gonna go down a couple sponsors here before we wrap everything up. Statement games, fun free twist on fantasy sports. Uh check the link in the bio. Uh AT Sports Network.com slash shop. Uh, again, check the link in the bio. Some cool designs on there uh, you want to take a look at. Uh, Symbol, stock market for sports, symbol.com. Use the promo code ATSports when you sign up. 
Uh, Vinny's Pizza and Restaurant, located off the Iroquois Trail in the Old Town Shopping Center in Allentown. Um, visit them today, uh, www.vinnyspizzapa.com. Tell them we sent you. They got a lot of great specials. Uh, football season's around the corner. They're going to have a lot of football specials, so definitely check them out uh, for all your game day needs. And also, Stuff to the Grill is also located in the Iroquois Trail, the Old Town Shopping Center in Allentown. www.stufftothegrills.com. They are reno- um, basically renovated, so they do uh, take some – orders and stuff along the lines of that catering stuff like that. So, um, but that should be almost finished up as well, uh, but definitely check them out. Uh, a lot of great food. Uh, again, tell them that we sent you and I will be adding this again, but we are again, going to be sponsored by Manscaped. So, you know, AT birds is the promo code 20 20% off and free shipping at checkout. Um, we have a fun, commercial that will be airing next week's show but definitely check that out as well if you want some of your uh man grooming kits or anything to you know shave your bush but uh <laughs> do it up gents keep your ladies do it up so anything else go birds and peanut says great show exactly the way we end it with a very happy and special, cheerful, go birds. Go birds.